What is up, football fans? Welcome back to another episode of Pound the Pigskin, where it's all football all the time. This is your host, Steve Hillen, along with your fellow football host, Alex Ruiz and Matt Kaczynski. Gentlemen, we are continuing along in the dog days of summer, getting through our Division Dive series. But the farther along we get, the closer we get to the start of the NFL season, as this is week one of NFL training camp. So we are getting there, gentlemen. We absolutely are. It's like the best time of the year. Yeah. It, 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 plus college football. Football is getting toyed in our faces. College football is starting to pick up. Media days have happened. SEC, ACC, Big Ten, you know, all that jazz. So the, well, we're what? I think I'm not even barely a month out. That's right. For college? Yeah, because there's, there's, technically, there's technically college games that count at the end of August. So. Yeah, but dude, it's literally the first. It's right then. Yeah, it's the first weekend of September, which is like well, Labor Day weekend first. is usually the massive kickoff of the season. Yup. Yep. So it's gonna be it's gonna be here before you know it. Football fans, just hunker down. If you're if you're a baseball fanatic as well, at least you've got something to keep uh, your interest until football gets revving and ready to go. So that being said, we're gonna get into the AFC East tonight. But before we do. We will start our show off with the drink of the night, like we always do, brought to you by our buddies at String Sports Brewery, which just got voted the best place to watch a Jaguar game in Jacksonville uh, if you're not at the stadium. So uh, my drink of the night tonight, just a simple Dos Equis lager with a lime in the neck. We're going with that. Okay. I like it. I like it. I I uh, I'm I'm dialing it back from from the liquor the last couple the last couple games you know yeah shows uh so I went to the store today and decided to pick up some more of my Kona Big Wave Kona Big Wave very good beer Kona Brewing Company Matt's a big fan I do like Kona a lot it is a very very good beer I I picked it over my uh ang- Angry Orchards so. though. Uh, there you you go. Pick that over angry, angry orchard. Hey, I like angry orchard. Don't talk shit. Angry orchard is terrible. I, I'm, I'm, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just spicy. I'm not tonight. a huge cider guy, but I'll drink it. Yeah, yeah. I guess I, for a cider, it's not bad. But if you uh, spike it with that, Reds. if you spike it with that Tennessee Fire uh, Jack Daniels, yep. it's pretty damn good. It, it's better than Reds too. Yes. Okay. That you know what I will. Yeah. Be, I don't know if that I've comment made Reds, me. But. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, okay with a couple <laughs> layers of spice came down with that one. No, no, no. I, I do agree. There yeah. you go. All right, Matt. Well, what do you got seeing as you're getting ready for a competition week? I, I am, but you know what? Fair treat myself. Why not? No, it's still not liquor, but I mean carbs are energy. Is it flavored uh, well, water? Huh? Is it flavored water? I mean, I do have a severed lime, uh, liquid death. There we do. There it is. <laughs> but that's not all I'm drinking. Liquid Death, if you ever listen to this show, we would totally accept a sponsorship from you guys because Matt's <laughs> all over point, here. Yeah, you might as oh, well. Oh, sweet Jesus. Give me a sponsorship. Liquid Death. Dude, I do football and powerlifting. Let's go, Liquid Death. Come on. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm a metalhead. Let's go. Um, no. It is really good water. Side note, anybody who's listening who has never tried it and is like, hey, gimmicks are stupid, it, it genuinely is really, really good. For flavored water, it's it, it's really good. And you get 16-ounce cans, so they're just kind of cool. And cool labels, but nonetheless, um, the actual alcohol I'm drinking tonight 
is uh, a stone. Steve, I know you're a fan. Yeah. Stone Brewing. Uh, they have many good beers. I uh, decided to go ahead and get the Tangerine Express Hazy IPA. Oh, that a boy. That's a good one. It is so good. Very good. That's, it does kind of kick, huh? kick you, you know, in the nuts. Yeah, it's it's good body, good body flavor. But it's so good. Yep. Oh, well, we got our uh, liquid ammunition. Let's get into our division dive for this evening. We're going AFC East, obviously a high-profile division in terms of teams, fan bases, and whatnot. We'll start off up in New York with the New York Jets, year two of Zach Wilson at quarterback. They had a haul of a draft in terms of who they brought in, running back, you know, Brees Hall. They brought in um, their corner, Sauce Gardner, as the number three overall pick. So, I mean, they've got some high-profile rookies that they've drafted. They've spent in free agency. I, they, uh, they took Garrett Wilson at wide receiver as another first-round pick. So, they've got themselves some high-profile rookies. They've got themselves some uh, expensive free agents. If you are a gangrene fan – what are your expectations for this season and what may be of concern going into training camp? Uh, I know we're both really crappy teams, but I'll give you first crack at uh, our redheaded stepchild little brother uh, of New York there, Alex. There you go. Um, I'm surprised you're not fired and ready to go. It's Jets. It, no, because I'm, I'm – <laughs> On the fence with them right now, man. Oh, they, oh, they're oh. they're in the middle of a rebuild, right? I mean, they're they're essentially year two into a rebuild, right? I so it's I can't go out and say that you guys suck. You're the worst team in football. Like we know they're not because we know like they've 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 established that they are in a rebuild. We know this. So, um, I, I think they have a lot of young pieces, um, that are that are they're probably going to do really well this year coming into year two. Um, they had a really, really strong draft this season. Um, addressed a lot of the issues that they were having. I, I think their quarterback going into year two under Robert Sala is going to have a really good year. Will it be enough to get them, you know, into the positive and, and have a winning season? No, I, I think as a fan though, you, you could probably expect six wins um, and see an improvement from the team. I mean, you know, we got the uh, we got the Milf Slayer and uh, Wilson now. Apparently, um, that's right. What's that? Could be three more wins right there. Home, home, homie, making moves. Um, I kind of agree with Alex as much as I love talking absolute trash about the Jets. Um, th- there is a lot of bright young talent on this, and I can't deny that they actually drafted smart for once, which is kind of shocking because they usually don't, in my opinion. Um, New regime, uh, man. The problem is, though, I will say, is that they are one of those teams where the veterans that they do have, I don't know, can carry a team. So you're putting a lot of spotlight and pressure on your real young talent, and I just don't know if they have it. It's That's a big challenge for Salah. Now, I'm not saying he's a bad coach because we've seen what he can do um, just from a coordinator perspective and just being in the presence of winning teams. Um, but – and some honestly, some of the veterans they have too, like they're kind of proving themselves. I mean, Carl Lawson, CJ Mosley, like you know, um, I, I am I'm still kind of on board with Alex though on this one. Um, six wins is probably what I would expect as a fan. If you get one more, great. If you get one less, nah, well, okay, good draft pick. I mean, 
So then with these guys, with the Jets here, obviously the the concerns could be, well, if the if the veterans don't really lead the team, what ha- you know, or don't stay healthy, you know, how much does that um, bring a detriment to the development of the young players? But overall, I think that, like what you guys said, there are young players. Clearly, this team is in the middle of their rebuild, and they're going about it in what looks like the the correct way with the way that they're accumulating the young players now. The expectation, obviously, you know, should not be a a playoff team. It should be an improvement on, you know, a team that was picking third overall. There's no doubt about it. I would say that if at the end of this season, if you don't see, like Alex said, if you don't see a, a, a better year in year two from Zach Wilson at quarterback, if you don't see a team that's improved in the win column by a few games and has uh, developed some – core foundational pieces to continue to build around I would say that would be a little disappointing and a little bit of a concern going into the offseason at the end of this year but if they can get noticeable eye test improvement from Wilson at quarterback if the other Wilson at wide receiver the rookie looks like he's uh, legit that could be a heck of a Wilson to Wilson connection for years to come with the with the Jets the offensive line, if they stay healthy, can be very good. I mean, they brought in Lincoln Tomlinson at guard <laughs> in free agency. If Becton stays healthy, I mean, he was very good as a rookie. His year two was injury-plagued and disappointing. Uh, Vera Tucker has been a good rookie at guard um, that they took in the first round. Connor McGovern at center. So the, the offensive line could be a, you know, a better, you know, a top 15, top 10 unit if they all stay healthy. I think Matt had a good point with some of the the leaders uh, and veterans on defense. They're proven guys, um, but they need to – some of them need to stay healthy. You know, Carl Lawson needs to stay healthy. C.J. Mosley needs to stay healthy. LaMarcus Joyner needs to stay healthy. I mean, I and, guess you're trying to throw Quinton Williams in there too. I mean, he's not yeah, been in the league that long, but – Yeah, and he was such a big-time draft pick, high profile, coming out of Bama, all that stuff, and – I'll be honest. I mean, he hasn't been a bad player, but he was the number two overall pick. Well, you know, so they gave up on the Williams. They should have kept because we know have him. <laughs> so I, I do think that you guys are onto something here with the expectations of the fans. Um, I, we'll we'll close with this question on the Jets. Uh, for them to have a, you know, a positive season, who needs to be the key player? On this team, Zach Wilson. Yeah, it starts yeah. and ends with the rookie QB. I, I think it's probably. I don't know that there's really another answer. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, when you're in the middle of a rebuild, other people, other people will feel differently about that. But I, I think in order for the team to take a step forward, he needs to take a step forward for the performance that he had last season. Now, the yeah. one, as much as I am not, you guys have heard me talk about my feelings of taking these guys high. You know, one guy to keep an eye on, too, to come out as a really – as a rookie leader would be Sauce Gardner. Um, if that kid comes in with some poise and makes some big plays early on in the year, that could be things that trigger a team to kind of start caring a little bit more, I guess you say, or playing a little bit more passionately. And that's what they need. So, who knows? That, that could be a guy to look out for, too, as a real young, uh, you know, superstar to develop. And I think that the fan base and the New York media up there need to – prevent 
as long as they can, any expectations or comparisons of Gardner to Revis Island 2.0. Like, mm. they got to let, let the kid play and develop before they start, you Very know, good. getting into all that. So, anyway, uh, moving on, next team, they also have a quarterback going into year two who was in the same draft class. Believe it or not, three of the four teams have quarterbacks all in the same draft class. But um, the Patriots, Mac Jones, um, that team obviously led by the greatest head coach in NFL history. But if you're a Patriots fan, obviously you've got delusional expectations because Patriots fans think they should win the freaking Lombardi Trophy every season. But if you're a more level-headed, live-in-reality Patriots fan, what are your expectations for this season? You were now, granted, you you were a playoff caliber team last year, but what are your expectations for this season? Uh, this is kind of tough because you've got a team that was not so great two seasons ago. Last season, they they found a way to rebound and gain some momentum in the second half of the year and finished out ten and seven. Yeah, got uh, into the playoffs and got smart. Got in the playoffs. Mac Jones has solidified himself as a starting quarterback for that team. So there's no question marks there. I think I think the team needs to do something um, both at the cornerback position and the wide receiver position um, mm-hmm. to to really to really thrive and, and have that. I mean they they still have games that um, they still have games against Bengals. They've got obviously Buffalo in their division twice, which is going to be tough. I mean, yeah. It's just I don't know. It's it seems weird to me that they're they're going to open up at away. They're opening up at Dolphins division. Then they're going to open up at the Steelers, which should be interesting. And then they get a home game, but their home game is against the Ravens, who still have a good defense. So, um, yeah, they'll be challenged early. Yeah, they're they're going to have. Oh, you're. This is a team. Look, I, I think patriots fans need to humble themselves right the days of brady are the days of brady are gone you're still going to be a a a good football team so long as belichick is there um but the the days of 12 13 14 win seasons are gone that's that's not going to happen with this team well Um, not with this team this year right but just in general i don't see that happening for them you're actually uh, we that's that's fine. You opposite. can you can you can feel that way. This is my take. Um, okay. I, I I think they have a lot to be excited about. Um, if if you're a fan, I think the expectation for the Patriots is for them to go at least ten and seven this year, like they did last year. Maybe maybe even inch out like an eleven twelve win season. Okay, so I mean, double digits is going to be you know potential playoff t- type of team again. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think, I think they can. Ex- I, I think it's reasonable for fans to expect another ten-win season. Um, I don't. I agree I, with Alex. I don't think it'll be much more than that, if any. Um, but I do think that you're seeing the foundations of the next, um, possibly really good Patriots team. Um, I do somewhat agree with Alex, and I don't think you can get the dynasty, obviously. But um, I, I think it would be dumb to think that they're not going to be highly competitive um, for. The next couple of years, I think Mac Jones is honestly the perfect fit for this team. Is he the best quarterback in the league? By far, no. Um, but is he going to cost them games? Probably not. Um, or not at least a lot, like some other young quarterbacks can and have a tendency to do. So 
Hey, I think it's reasonable to expect 10 wins. I think that you've got, uh, again, the foundations of a really good team upcoming. The only problem is you're still looking at not the best receiving core. Yeah. Uh, And that is, I don't know if it's like just what the Patriots like to do besides the one year that they've had, you know, the one, you know, a Welker and that's it. Or Moss, the one year for a couple of years, like, I don't know what it is that they're like immune to actually trying to get a couple of receivers. Um, I don't know. It could hurt Mac Jones with it being a more passing league, especially with their division. As crappy as some of the other teams might be or could be, two of which we've, you know, th- there's two teams there that are crappy. They could score points though. And that's going to be the one thing that I think will hurt the Patriots is I don't know if they're going to be explosive enough on offense to score a lot of points. Yeah, I think if you're a fan, that's probably your one of your top concerns is is uh, generating generating offense consistently, especially knowing that it's a passing league and you you got to throw the ball to score points, you got to run the ball to win games, um, but you got to get the lead and throwing the ball, scoring points is how you do it. So I think that they're going to need somebody in that wide receiver group, like you said, that to step up. Does doesn't seem like they've got a a glaring number one wide receiver. I mean, I mean Devontae Dev- Parker was a first-round pick with the Dolphins, but now he's with New England, so that just lets you know. You know, they drafted a wide receiver in the second round, Tyquan Thornton, but that's just because he ran a 4-3 in the 40. They drafted two rookie corners in the third and fourth round. Um, if those guys – I mean, those guys should be expected to make the team, whether they have a significant rotational role, we don't know. Um, there's tons of veterans on both – sides of the ball in terms of the offensive line and the defense um, and Belichick will always have this team able to play defense and run the football so one, once again it's you know how much improvement do we see from Mac Jones how like Matt said how explosive can they be in the passing game uh, those are just those are just a couple of questions the offensive line will be solid as the day is long. Um, so the expectation should be to be competitive. I mean, you were 10 and seven in a playoff team with a rookie quarterback. The expectation should be at least that again um, with a chance at getting into the playoffs, even if the, the division is um, improving and the, and the conference is um, pretty loaded. The expectation shouldn't, shouldn't be less than what it was last year. If you're a new England Patriots fan. So and obviously Mac Jones, just like Zach Wilson with the Jets, Mac Jones is the key the key player there for them having a successful season. I mean, quarterback's key everywhere. Um, you know, this team will definitely need a wide receiver to step up to help Mac Jones, but uh, well, we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, their schedule definitely – you'll see improvement, but I think because their schedule is tough, 10 is going to probably be the absolute cap. Um, they got a grueling stretch that I – have fun. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they're going to have to. They, they come have to sweep the Jets and at least yeah. split with the Dolphins. The good thing is, the only thing that benefits the Patriots is that their bye week is smack dab in the middle of the season, which I think can can actually be a helpful thing because yeah. out of your bye versus the Jets. But dude, then it's grueling. Thanksgiving night, Minnesota. Then you've got another primetime Thursday against Buffalo. Then you got a Monday night against at Arizona, and then you've got, come back and you got a Sunday night um, at Vegas. Have fun. 
Yep. Then, then Cincinnati, Miami, and Buffalo to end the year. So, yeah, it's not going to be an easy stretch. They're going to have to take advantage and win the games that they're going to be favored in or, or likely favored in. So we'll see. But the expectation should still be there for Patriots fans. Now, this fan base, Matt, you're surrounded by them down there in South Florida, but the Dolphins fan base is definitely um, hyped to say the least with what they did in the off season, um, you know, obviously bringing in Tyreek Hill, they've got year two of Jalen Waddle. It's Tua's time to shine, like put up or shut up for the most part. They brought in Teron Armstead at left tackle to help um, improve that offensive line. The defense has playmakers at all three levels, whether it's Christian Wilkins on the line of scrimmage, Jerome Baker at linebacker, Xavier Howard at corner. I mean, they've they've got guys that can ball. So if you're a Dolphins fan and you're blinded by the hype or not, what should the expectations be for, for this fan base of this team? Uh, well, if we magically get what everybody thinks U.S. supposed to be, then you probably expect like a 10-win team. But the problem is, is you have Tua. And that's literally going to be what's going to, I think, break this team. So even even with some of the improvements around him, you still don't think that it's going to be enough because two is the guy, not the I guy. Don't think, I don't think the kid has it. And then if you have to pull him for whatever reason, we've seen that they don't trust him last year. I mean, what's going to really change right now besides a couple playmakers at the end of the day? Um, you know, let's see. Camp, we got to see what comes out of camp. I think there's going to be one of those teams where there's going to be a lot of a lot of deep interest in that camp because of seeing what's going to happen. Um, if two is not the guy, do the Dolphins try to cha- trade for Jimmy? No. No? Okay. Because I, I think they'll be satisfied. For some reason, I think they'll be satisfied with Teddy Two Gloves. Oof. Which I wouldn't be. Sorry, is not the smart move, but I think that's why they brought him in. They brought him in as a guy, clearly, that they're trying to have, like, take some notes from, you know, for Tua. Um, I, it would be my guess. Uh Again, uh, and he's a Miami Northwestern high kid. I, it's also a guy coming home. Um, I there's a lot of talent, and it's hard to like sit there and go, no, this team is going to suck. I may have said it earlier, but they're probably going to be they're going to score in some way, shape, or form. Um, that defense could probably score too. To be honest, that's an athletic defense. You never know. We could see one of those type of defense come out of this team. Um, I just have no trust in Tua. I just I don't believe in the kid as being the guy. So. I really truly think that they're going to have lower than like 10 wins. I think that's going to probably be the expectation, though. Alex, what do you think the expectation should be for this team? I think the expectation, the expectation should be playoffs. Uh, but two, okay. I ain't it. I don't know how to explain this to some people, but he's just not going to be the guy that gets it done for you in the sense of the term. I know. I know people are like really putting him up, you know, and saying, "Oh, you never know. He's, you know, he might, he might thrive." And you, yeah, you, you know what? He might. He just might. But I, I think he's in the same situation where a team took him for what he was supposed to be, and he's not anywhere close to being. Do you uh, think that the Dolphins fan base is going to be one of those fan bases where it's like we took Tua in front of Herbert? No, see, I don't think they will because the entire Miami Dolphins fan base was chanting Tank for Tua in game three. Yeah, they wanted um, him. <laughs> yeah, so 
So it wasn't even like, oh, well, we, there was no split decision. They all wanted Tua over Herbert. Yeah. Uh, the fans that I know, that I have talked to, liked yeah. him. They loved him. They yeah. like. They still like this kid. Um, yeah, they're they're still obsessed with them, and I think it's just honestly, I I, I don't, I think what you'll see happen is buyer's remorse with well, the fan it, base. The, I think that's ultimately what'll happen. It'll be buyer's remorse, and they'll say, "Damn, we were wrong." But the the, the problem rumor is, honestly, the rumor is the rumor is what that Brady's going to Miami next year. That's the rumor. Oh boy. Yeah, you know what? Let my my the Dolphins would hold on to that. Um, they would. And, Real. I mean, if, um, if the if Dolphins fans are, uh, you know, supporting Tua, they want this to work. They don't want Brady. They want to have Tua. Yeah, I, I think if if that starts coming up, I swear. Um, the problem is, is truthfully, Tua is a likable guy. Like, he's a likable kid. Like, you kind of can't say a lot of bad about him. It's just he's got to he's got to play. He's the, the fifth the, overall pick. I, he's got to play. What I have he's seen. Yeah, I mean, what I have just seen is just it's a it's a timid guy. Now I don't know if it's, and I don't know that's because it's confidence. I think it's just because of his skill set at the NFL level. Mm. He just the plays we thought looked really good in college just don't look the same in the NFL. And I think that's what's happening is there's not you're not getting the flashiness. The name isn't you know carrying it right now like it did without you know when he was on Bama. So yeah. well, I mean, there's no doubt that he's got to step his game up going into year three knowing that he was in the same class with Burrow and Herbert. So, I mean. Man, those are some big shoes to have to fill up there, kid. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, he's got he's to step his game up. And, I mean, the theme so far for these three teams is, you know, their young quarterbacks are literally the key to whether they're going to be an improved team, a competitive team, a successful team, and whether they're set for the future or if they're freaking – you know, back to the drawing board in a couple of years. So, I mean, Dolphins fans, it's it's not going to be – it's not going to just all come easy just because you got, you know, Tyreek Hill and Teron Armstead. I mean, like I said, there's great pieces. You know, the expectation should definitely be a, a competitive team that should be improved when it comes to its capabilities on offense. I mean, a nine-win team – Last year, obviously, they had a great streak, um, but I'm, I, I don't know if you're going to get that again. Here's the thing, and I know this is kind of like stepping on some toes of our uh, upcoming episodes, so I'll make it very fast, but, man, you start home against New England at Baltimore, home against Buffalo, and then you get a Thursday nighter against your classman, Burrow. Uh, that's not going to be an easy start to the year, so... Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if they're not if they're not clicking, rearing, and ready to go, you're talking 0-4 maybe. Uh, I think you could very well see an 0 and 14. Yeah, and I mean 0 and 0 and 4, and you're gonna have the Miami media and the national media, you know, swarming. Now, you, now, if that happens, forks. Anakin put Teddy <laughs> two gloves in and yeah. pulled trigger, and just pulled a plug. But I don't know. See, I guess that's another question. Is like, what's the leash for Tua? I mean, listen, the, the leash should be you got to. You got to give him the full freaking season for once, where he knows he's the guy. Yeah, that way, you can make a freaking decision at the end of the year on whether he's your quarterback or it's you know, switch oh. you know, use some draft capital and get the next guy. I mean, there's there shouldn't be like I mean, he ain't a fucking relief pitcher. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, for real, let let just let the kid 
run out there 18 weeks, see what the wins-loss record of the team is and what his stats through the air are at the end of the, of a full season. And, I mean, he's also got to prove that he can stay healthy too, you know. So just yeah. let, let's let go and see what he's got. That I mean, listen, the Dolphins are a piss-poor run football organization. But, I mean, even they shouldn't be that stupid to be like, eh, we're just going to, you know, throw him in. I mean, it's a rookie coach. You know, Mike McDaniel probably wants to, you know, go about it his way, and he probably wants to see what he's gotten to uh, before going to the draft in 2023. So I would hope so, but I don't know. It's just my the least should be he's got the whole season, and you've got Tyreek Hill. Go make it happen. Hey, I mean, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, that's two dudes with Tua's dink and dunk type of passing game where both of those guys could catch a 100 balls each and make life easy for Tua. That's going to be what the offense is probably going to be expected. So let's see if. Uh... Well, and if you're a fantasy football player like the three of us are, you got to look at you got to look at those two guys, knowing that defense has got to know where these speed demons are, and Mike Gusecki is going to be running right down the middle of the seam, wide freaking open. Gusecki is going to definitely be, I think, the biggest key to this offense. As much as I know, Tyreek Hill is the high-profile receiver. Um, and the you know high profile acquisition, Gusecki got paid pretty well too. Let's not forget for a reason. And um, yeah, well, yeah. and I mean we all saw in college when Tua you know at Alabama had his loaded skill set around him with Devontae Smith and Jerry Judy and Jalen Waddle and Henry Ruggs and frickin' Najee Harris. I mean they won national titles and Tua was slinging the ball all over the field. This is the closest thing he's got to it. So. If not now, probably never. Facts. There you go. All right, let's uh, let's finish it up with the uh, the mafia that circles wagons up there in Orchard Park, New York, We're talking about the Buffalo Bills defending division champs. Uh, Josh Allen, arguably, you know, a top three QB in the NFL, and once the two old timers retire, he's probably top dog, depending on who you ask. Um, I mean, the team is loaded. Allen is the real deal. They've got good young talent on the defensive side of the ball with Greg Rousseau and Ed Oliver um, and Kair Elam, the first-round pick at corner, which we all loved that pick for them. They brought over Von Miller to rush the passer opposite Shaq Lawson and Greg Rousseau. Um, the, the linebackers are speed demons, Matt Milano and Edmonds, the best Safety duo in the league, probably, with Poyer and Hyde. Tredavious White at corner coming back healthy as an all-pro. So, I mean, the defense is going to be stacked. Now they need to know – they need to learn that on, you know, fourth and 17, you don't drop everybody back 30 yards. But, um, sorry, Bills fans. The offense is going to be a high-flying offense. Obviously, Stephon Diggs, the emergence of Gabriel Davis, um, you know, Isaiah McKenzie, a good little weapon. Dawson Knox, an underrated stretch tight end. The offensive line uh, improving. The running the running game, I think, now gets a boost. You guys loved James Cook uh, coming out of the draft. That was a great pickup um, for the Bills to, to strengthen their, um, their running game. But also Cook is a great um, pass catcher out of the backfield. So, I mean, mm-hmm. the offense is probably going to be high-flying once again as well. So, I'll ask the easy question. If you are Bill's Mafia, what is your expectations for this team this season? Super Bowl. 
circle them wagons and get me a Super Bowl, baby. Yeah, I mean, that's that's got to be it, point blank, right? Win the whole fucking thing. I mean, I, I know, I know, a Bills fan, and 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 he was expecting, he was expecting that to happen last, season, and they were a game shy of it. So, probably you know, look, still one of the greatest playoff games I ever watched in my life. That game was the best game all season long. It really was. Yeah. Um, you know, you get good football with the Bills, man. Um, they're just. They're stacked top to bottom. I mean, if you have to punch one hole in that team, it's probably the receiving core overall, even though they're led by arguably one of the best in the league. Um, yeah. Besides that, it is a little thin, but I think that also does help the team where you don't have this, like, dueling pressure of big-name receivers of who's going to get touches and whatnot. And you also do kind of have a big name, and, oh, I don't know, his name might be Dawson Knox um, at tight end. So, yeah, man, Super Bowl or bust. Uh, this team – Literally is set up and stacked to win right now, this year. Like, circle it. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, you guys said it. I mean, it, it like it's, it's it's raised the Lombardi Trophy in February. Or otherwise, it it really is a disappointing season. Even if you're, you know, even if you're a division winner and you make a playoff run, if it ends in anything less than Josh Allen bringing a shiny piece of metal back to Bill's Mafia and jumping through a table with it, uh, they're going to be crushed once again. And let's face it, it's a very difficult place to live because the weather sucks and <laughs> they don't have a whole lot else going for them. So they live and die with this freaking football team. So well, I just, I don't, this is, it's very scary for the fan base because I don't know if they can handle another like four year streak of just almost, but not enough, you know? Yeah. They're close enough only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think – I honestly think this year – now, I know Rodgers has won the MVP back-to-back years, um, but I yeah. think because of the the struggles with the the lack of receiving talent around Rodgers, I don't think that he wins that award three years in a row. doesn't mean I don't think he's going to do good. I just don't think he's going to win the MVP three years in a row. I, I, I honestly think that – and this is kind of biased, but also what I really do think if I, if I was just an objective observer, I think the MVP race is between Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. Um, that's, that's what I think. But we'll see how all of that nonsense develops. We're, we'll save that for our prediction show in a few weeks. So we've got um, one last question here, boys. The, easy, the easiest, obvious answer of who's going to be the offensive player of the year in this division is Josh Allen. But the more tricky one, who do you think would be the defensive player of the year in this division? Um, I'm kind of tied between two people. Okay. To be honest. Um, I think you're either looking at a guy that I've talked very highly on, Xavier Howard. He could be. He certainly gets enough interceptions. He's an absolute baller, and I do love the way that guy plays. Um or from a very similar position, I think you could end up seeing. Um, I'm just gonna do. I don't know. Uh, Poyer. Yeah, Poyer at safety. Yep. I mean, honestly, take your pick of Poyer or uh, Hyde. Either of them could honestly possibly get it. So yeah, either either Bill's safety potentially. Nope. Alex, who do you think? Nasty. Obviously, it's gonna be the Bills, right? <laughs> Somebody you know, on the Bills? It's 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 gonna have to be the Bills. I mean, Howard. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's hard for me to go against anybody in in that go for anybody in the division other than the Bills. I mean, they're just I get it that good of a team. So it would have to be, it would it would have to be Xavier Howard and it would have to be Josh Allen. Yeah, I, Josh Allen, the easy one. I like the Xavier Howard pick at corner, especially if he really uh, helps carry that Dolphins defense. He's maybe, the, just maybe, Von Miller has a, a breakout resurgence with yeah, the Bills. I, I thought that at first, like my initial, but like <laughs> just thinking, just just hearing Xavier Howard, it's like, yeah, it's kind of, kind of hard. I mean, the guy's one of the top corners in the league, but he's the best in that division as well. So. Well, yeah. I think the thing with Von Miller that's going to be interesting because I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, Von Miller, that's an easy answer. But then you kind of think about it and you're like, you know what? The Bills don't need him to be that type of guy in all out honesty. Now they the, need him to teach Greg Rousseau how to be him. That's, I think you're going to – does this mean he's going to have an off year? Absolutely not. I think he's going to absolutely have a monster year. But he's not going to be relied upon to have to be the only defensive playmaker. So I think that's going to – limit, you know, possible opportunities because they're going to put some younger guys in positions to make plays. Yeah, He's, the Bills have great front seven depth on defense. Oh, it's scary. Honestly, like, watch th- this defense. And, yeah, I'm going to be a homer bias on this one, and I don't care. I have no shame. My boy, Rousseau, is going to go off. Yeah, they've got they've got some talent uh, and depth on that defense. So, I mean, the Bills are the clear-cut class of the division. The expectations couldn't be any higher. Uh, I do think that it will be a competitive division, though. I mean, I don't think that the Patriots or the Dolphins are going to be pushovers. doesn't mean I, I don't think that they're going to challenge the Bills for the division, but it's not going to be like it's the Bills with, you know, 13 wins and every other team's got four. So I yeah. think that overall it's going to be a pretty competitive division. I think you'll see the Jets with an improved year. I think you'll see the Dolphins and the Patriots right around – where they were last year, which is winning records. And then obviously, you know, like Alex said, you know, it's Super Bowl or bust. So um, that's, that's the, that's the deal with the AFC as we get closer and closer to the season. Um, Next week, we'll continue the division dive series. We'll go out West to the AFC and we'll preview that, uh, that loaded division now with all the quarterbacks and all the moves that happened out there. So that'll be an interesting conversation. And then after that, we'll follow it up with the NFC, NFC East to wrap it up before we get into our prediction show uh, leading up to the season. So for myself and Matt and Alex, it's been another lovely edition of Pound the Pigskin where it's all football all the time, and we will see you next week.